Being a Better Man, Episode 38, The Tough Guy. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. The Tough Guy I was 11 years old in 1973. I was in 6th grade at Tumwater Middle School. I had spent the previous years of elementary school at a small country school. It was painted white, and it had an actual bell tower with an actual bell like the Liberty Bell. The principal would ring it with a long rope attached to it every time something started or ended, like the school day or recess or lunch. There were only about a 100 kids in this little country school from kindergarten to fifth grade. And in a small country school like this, the pecking order among students is very clear because everyone knows everyone and there are clear leaders and clear followers and you have the weird kid the pretty girl the quiet guy the class clown the smart girl the teacher's pet it's like there are certain roles that must be played and there are always kids to fill these roles one of the coveted roles was that of the tough guy not the mean guy that's something else entirely. Just the tough guy. The guy who could physically handle everyone else in the school. The position of tough guy was determined by the almost daily ritual of fighting during recess. We called it fighting, but it was more like wrestling. No punches were thrown. Just two guys would square off and begin grappling. And whoever could throw the other guy down was the winner. By the time I was in fifth grade, I had claimed the rank of the tough guy, and life was good. It was kind of like being the king, or being a celebrity of some kind. I had the respect of the entire school, but I was constantly having to defend my title. With each successful title defense, my prestige grew, as did my opinion of myself. But with the advent of my 11th year of life and my promotion to 6th grade, I had to be bussed into the city to attend the middle school. It was a completely different world. Sure, the 30 or so kids from my grade at my former school were there, but we were all swallowed up in the great throng of humanity that was the middle school. It seemed like I didn't know anybody. Everything was new, and it was very unsettling. Not only that, but suddenly, not only was I not a king or a celebrity, I was now at the bottom of the food chain. We were the youngest kids at this school. Above us were the 7th graders, and above them, the terrifying 8th graders who almost seemed like adults to us. So I wandered around, sort of lost for a few days, trying to figure out how I fit in. I missed my days at the little country school, where I was the master of all I surveyed. I missed it a lot. Then one day I made a decision. I devised a plan that would enable me to recapture the glory of fifth grade. I started asking my classmates, 
who the toughest guy in sixth grade was. Almost without exception, I kept hearing the same name in response. I won't use his real name here. For the sake of this story, I'll call him John. Let's call him John Duncan. Over and over again, everyone I asked said that John Duncan was undoubtedly the toughest guy in sixth grade. He was a city kid, and I didn't know who he was. But apparently, he was a champion of schoolyard scraps whose reputation preceded him. Now, my path was a simple one. I would have to find this John Duncan and challenge him to a fight. Once I won, I would gain instant notoriety and high acclaim among my peers. It would be like fifth grade all over again. Eventually, I tracked John Duncan down. He was pointed out to me. I walked up to him, and by way of introduction, I said, Hey, let's go fight. He said, I don't even know you. Why do you want to fight? I didn't have a good reason prepared, so I just said, Because. Let's go. He said, I don't want to. And he just walked away, leaving me stunned and puzzled at this flagrant lack of professional courtesy. When I was in fifth grade, I accepted all challengers. It's an obligation of the title. I continued to pursue John over the next couple weeks. Every time I saw him, I would present my challenge. And every time, he denied me. I started telling other kids that he must be afraid. I even went so low as to say he was a chicken. Looking back, I don't think he was being a chicken at all. He just didn't want to fight me. He had no reason to. He had nothing to prove. But finally, one day, I wore him down. He said, fine, after school by the bus stop. Now the fight was on. Word of the impending battle spread like wildfire through the school. Everybody came, even the 7th and 8th graders. I'd never seen a gathering like this. It was sure to launch me into instant stardom. Now keep in mind, in my fighting career at the little country school, I had never thrown a punch. I thought that was just for the movies. So you can imagine my surprise when the fight started and John landed a beautiful punch right on my nose. I staggered back, wondering what was going on. Then he hit me again. And again. The whole world was spinning around. At first I didn't understand what was going on, but the realization that I was in an actual fist fight was becoming more clear with every impact. I knew I was bleeding because I could see blood everywhere and taste the copper, but John just kept on hitting me. I tried swinging back, but not having any experience throwing punches, my efforts were woefully inadequate. Every time I would swing wildly at him, all I did was create an opening for him to blast me again. The action slowed and stopped for a minute. We were both tired. He was tired from punching me, and I was tired from getting beat up and trying to punch him. I could feel my face was already starting to swell, my nose was bleeding really bad, and I had not landed one punch. As we stood there panting, John was to my left. I thought he might be in range. This was my best chance to land a punch, so I whipped out a fist at him, but I was short by about two inches. He looked at me. It was almost a look of pity. Then he proceeded to continue pummeling me until the teachers finally broke through the crowd and broke up the fight. In those days, kids didn't get in any real trouble for fighting. Fighting was considered to be a relatively normal circumstance of childhood. They put me on my bus. John got on his bus with much victorious celebration. 
I sat down, still breathing heavy. My clothes were ripped. I was covered in my own blood. My face was swollen. I had one eye closing up. My nose hurt. But above all the physical discomfort, the worst thing was the shame. The shame of defeat. The shame of loss. The embarrassment that came with the knowledge that I had brought this upon myself. I didn't know how I could ever return to this school under such a heavy cloak of failure. Of course, my mom freaked out when she saw me and was ready to go burn the school down. But after I told her the whole story, she realized that it was I that was at fault. Both of my parents helped me a lot during the next few days. Rather than get mad at me, they helped me understand the situation. That's the end of the story, but the lessons learned here were of enormous importance. What happened at school that day served to shape me in ways I couldn't even imagine. For one, I never started another fight my whole life, not to this day, though I have finished several. I learned that having right on your side is critically important. Whether you're in a physical fight or a struggle of some other nature, being on the wrong side of something will always put you at a disadvantage. I became an advocate for other kids that were being picked on. I realized that being friendly to everybody made a lot more sense than being a jerk. I became kinder. And never wanting to repeat this event, I decided that I should learn how to defend myself, and that led me to becoming a boxer. I learned that one does not earn respect through force, but rather through strength of character. I was never really the same after that day. With that beating on the school ground, my entire worldview was changed. I grew up just a little bit. I saw myself in a different light, and ultimately, I think it made me a better person because the lesson I learned about the consequences of my own bad behavior was so painfully clear. I can still remember that fight like it happened yesterday. John Duncan and I never fought again. In fact, we went on to be friendly towards one another if not friends. I think the ultimate lesson here is not that you have to get beat up or have some dramatic fight. That happened to work in my case, but only because I made it work. That's the lesson. Every experience we have in life, both good and bad, contain two potentials. The potential for positive growth through the lessons learned or the potential for negative decline. It's up to us. What we get out of the experiences life hands us is up to each one of us individually. It's a choice you make, like what shirt to wear. It's the difference between letting life happen to you or you living by your own design. Well, that's it for today, guys. Thanks for listening. Now go out in the world and live by design and be a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad signing out.